the United States of America should be applying the full spectrum of combat power from intelligence to our shooters on the ground, uh, everything we could possibly do to get these Americans back. You know why? Because they're Americans. We knew the name of every single hostage that was held by Iran for 444 days. One of them is Kevin Hermanick, and he's a friend of mine. We knew all their names. The Biden administration is not being truthful again. And they're playing politics with American lives again. And that is shameful. You've got 22.5% of the population of Colorado is Hispanic. And we've heard it from time and time again. Hispanic voters are the most upset about these indictments because what they will tell you is this is the kind of corrupt campaign tactics that they see from the authoritarian Marxist dictators they left, like the Castros, Maduro, Ortega, etc. They don't like this kind of stuff that's going on because this is what they do in these third world banana republics. They put their political opponents in jail. All right, folks, it is Thursday. I love to say it's Friday Eve. Um, you're on the Sean Spicer Show, and we're on a glide path to Christmas. Not just the weekend. We got that coming your way. Uh, but there's a lot of issues that are percolating right now and what should normally be a quiet time for us to be getting ready for the holidays. No way. Luckily, we're here for you. So if you're wrapping presents or going out shopping, take us with you. We'll keep you up to date. Congressman Derek Van Orden, Wisconsin Congressman, also former Navy SEAL, is going to join us in just a second to talk to us about uh, what the military can do on the border, what the military could be doing to restore, re- retrieve hostages in, in Gaza, and so much more, plus his take on the Trump trials and Section 702, that Foreign Surveillance uh, Act that's in the National Defense Authorization Bill, plus Jim McLaughlin, the President Trump's pollster, will tell us what they think of the decision, how it'll affect his polling. Let's get into it first with Congressman Derek Van Orden. Congressman, good to see you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and everybody listening. I love this. Yeah, time. I see you've got your vest on. You're you're in the spirit there, out there. Telling you, man, um, I get giddy. I swear, I turn into an eight year old. I went to Walmart with Sarah Jane, you know, because I'm a dirty Walmart shopper. Yesterday, I probably said Merry Christmas. I don't know, 150 people, and a lot of them right. were like, well, Merry Christmas straight back to you. I was, dude. I, <laughs> you know, they have these press gaggles. You know, the, the reporters follow you around anywhere in the house. Oh, you yeah. Know? And I got them all together. I was, you know, looking real serious, like I'm going to make some profound political statement about some very important legislation. They all gather in. And I go, I just want to tell you guys all, Merry Christmas. I know we don't get along all the time. I get it, but it's just Merry Christmas. I want you to have a great, great Christmas. And like the veneer came off, you know, because they're all real serious reporters and whatnot. And they all just smiled, man. Merry Christmas, Derek. Oh, I thought they would be, half of them would be offended. No, no. I, you know what? I, we we do have an adversarial relationship. The Republican Party has an adversarial relationship with the most of the media, and I think everybody should have. Everyone in a, in a position of political power, Democrat and Republican, should have an adversarial relationship with the media because they need to be making sure that they're holding people accountable. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, we, well, we it works, but they don't for Democrats. I mean, well, yeah, but the difference is, is that they're part. I mean, I, I would argue that that in a perfect world where they're doing their job. Yeah. That's true, but they don't hold the, the left accountable. And that's the problem right. is that they look at you as, so they, they, they don't understand their role. They think that they are advocates for a party right. and a cause. And that's, 
the difference. But I want to, uh, now that we've gotten our Christmas pleasantries, um, okay. it was amazing to me. And I actually, it wasn't, it was not a shock at all. The Colorado decision comes down four, three, and already you're seeing California make moves. Right. Um, other states talk about it saying, and this is what we had probably guessed a lot of us that this was the, this was the way to do it. So what was your reaction to how this thing played out in Colorado to remove Trump from the ballot? Shocked and disgusted. What they are citing is section three of the 14th amendment saying that if someone has participated in an insurrection or rebellion, if they have previously taken a oath of office, they are no longer eligible for an office. And so I want people to understand what this means. President Trump has not been charged, tried, or convicted of any of the crimes that are listed in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. So what four radical, left-wing, ideologue, activist judges have done is they have charged, tried, and convicted President Trump of crimes that are listed in the 14th Amendment. You know, and it's understandable. Yes, sir. What I, that means, they should be disbarred. Yeah. They should be thrown out on their cans because we still have due process in this country. Do and we? Four, <laughs> well, what these four activist judges are trying to do is disenfranchise every American voter. And that should terrify everybody on the left or the right. This is. It is unlawful, in my opinion, and shameful and disgusting. All right. If you're a longtime watcher of the show, you know about my friend Leo Grillo and all the great work that Delta Rescue does. Uh, He's the founder of it. DeltaRescue.org has got a ton of videos on it where it shows you why it is the largest no-kill sanctuary in the world. Notice I didn't say shelter. They're not there to place people, dogs and animals that have been abandoned. No, they're there to care for them for life. It's a no-kill sanctuary. And if you're an animal lover, you are going to love the work that Leo has done. He started on this journey when he rescued a Doberman. He named the Doberman Delta. Delta stands for dedication and everlasting love to animals. And that's what Leo Grillo has been all about. If you're like Leo, like me, an animal lover, uh, and you go to deltarescue.org and see the great work that they're doing, you can help them out. They rely entirely on our contributions, five, 10, 100 bucks, whatever you can do. But more importantly, if we want to make this an enduring mission, Look at that estate planning guide that they've got on there. Download it. See if you can help make sure that we protect the work that Leo and Delta Rescue is doing when you pass to make sure that part of your estate goes to Delta Rescue. Again, go to deltarescue.org to help out. Here's the thing. We talked about this yesterday. We had a, a really great panel on the show. And the issue of why came up right? Meaning that there is sort of a a school of thought, I mean, among even people on the left, that this thing's going to the Supreme Court, that it won't be upheld. And so you get back to the question of then why? Why why did they push in Colorado? Why is California doing it? Why are so many other states looking at this? I mean, cynically, one of the comments yesterday was because they're trying to get voters who might vote for Trump but be concerned about potential criminal acts or that he'd be in jail or something to say, oh, don't, don't cast your vote for Trump now. But I sit there and say, okay, well, all these other candidates are probably harder to beat to some degree. I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm struggling with the why. Well, in my opinion, the why is because a lot of people read a single headline and then they move on. I did a town hall last night with, I don't know, 15, 20,000 of my constituents. And I take calls from everybody. 
And a guy, oh man, he was big mad. Why did you vote to impeach Joe Biden? And I'm like, sir, we did not vote to impeach Joe Biden. We voted to open an <laughs> official impeachment inquiry because we are not going to do to Joe Biden what the left did to President Trump. If you remember Rashida Tlaib, the night that she got elected, we're going to impeach the mother effer. So they planned on impeaching President Trump without doing anything at all. And like it or not, we are not going to do that to President Biden. We're just not. What we're doing is we're opening an official investigation into his conduct. And I tell you what, some of this stuff is so in your face, dude. We have copies of checks written to Joe Biden. You know, for loan repayments, did he ever make He doesn't loan? know anything, though, about his son's business. He doesn't know Nothing. a thing. As a matter of fact, uh, it was, he, was, he was wondering who Hunter Biden was. So um, that's why they're doing stuff like this, Sean, because people will read a headline. The, we talked about the media earlier. They're completely in the bag for the Democrat Party. And people are going to go, oh, uh, Trump was guilty of insurrection. Look, the Supreme Court of Colorado said he was guilty of insurrection. And they're going to believe that because a lot of people, I mean, it's good and it's bad that people don't spend their life, you know, completely dug in on politics. I appreciate that so they can live their lives. But at the same time, when we're talking about these really, really big issues, folks need to take a little time and do some research. I was just writing back to one of my constituents, sir, this is what happened. It's uh, section three. Right. Uh, Here are the actual facts. Right. right. And, you know, that's part of our education processes as lawmakers. Um, but it's interesting that the left, the left, I brought this up yesterday, but even today, somebody online on Twitter was posting another thing that I'll bring up. But they keep, the left loves to talk about democracy. The, the, the Democratic Party has canceled a primary in Florida so that there can be no dissent about Joe Biden. Correct. They're trying to take Donald Trump off the ballot, which is a pretty undemocratic thing to do. And then, right. as I said, someone was just tweeting out a moment ago about how Joe Biden was bragging that after the Supreme Court ruled that he couldn't have this loan forgiveness with respect to student loans, how he was going around them. And I thought to myself, okay, if you're going to talk about dictators and lack of democracy, that to me, those are all hallmarks of undermining democracy. If you remove someone's ability to vote, they cannot participate in the democracy. And we, I mean, we all know we're a constitutional republic, but so for, you got to remember, it's four people in the state of Colorado, radical left-wing activist judges, all of which went to the elite East Coast law schools, by the way, the three right. justices that didn't vote for it, they're all from Colorado. That's where they went to school. Isn't so that interesting? There are four people. But by the way, and the three that did, didn't did vote are all still Democratic appointees. They just, according to the dissent, actually care about due process. Well, they actually read uh, Article 3 and realized huh. that, or Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. 14th. They realized that Donald Trump, again, has not been charged, tried, or convicted for any of the crimes that are listed in the, the 14th Amendment. So what they All are right, doing- So it, before it, you it got just, to come- Go ahead, sir. No, no, I'm sorry, because I, I wanted to get to, to, to a little bit of, of really why you are, are so unique. I mean, you were a Navy SEAL before coming to Congress, okay. uh, which I, I read are tough people. Um, I want to kind of get you to weigh in on a couple big issues, though, uh, yeah. with the time that we have today. The, the first is the border. 
there have been presidential candidates talking about using the military to go after the cartels and whether or not that's smart, effective, strategic, and, and lawful. What do you think about it? It's a very, very interesting prospect. And I, I want to back things up here a little bit also. The Republican-controlled House of Representatives passed H.R., that's House Resolution 2, Two. in May. That has the strongest provisions in the history of the country to secure the border. It's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk since May. So if you want the border to get under control, call Chuck Schumer's office. Call your your senator, wherever you're at. Call him and say, get HR through two and get it on Biden's desk to sign. It's unconscionable. Somebody asked me the other day, what type of compromises can you make on the border? I'm like, none. Like, you don't compromise your national security. And right. I, that to me, the idea that you have to beg Democrats to come to the border on an issue that is bringing in fentanyl and terrorists in the country tells you something. I mean, you it harkens back to the beginning of this conversation. The press shouldn't be adversarial about this. This is in our national security issue. It's not a Republican Democrat thing. This is what countries are. There is a reason that governments exist is to protect their people. Right. And so, yet we, we look like this is an issue that we have to compromise on. Sean, listen, man. It was like 13,000 illegal immigrants came in the country three days ago, right? I was in Stevens Point. That's the third largest city in my district. 25,667 people live there. So in two days, you could double the size of the third largest city in my district. There's been 7 million illegal immigrants entering the country on Joe Biden's watch. The population of the entire state of Wisconsin is 5.5 million people. All right, folks, uh, we've probably all spent a ton of money this Christmas holiday season on gifts for folks. As you make a New Year's resolution, think about your financial future, diversifying your investments. Uh, I do as well. I've thought about it. I put money in Bishop Gold. They are a a group that I have gotten to know. I've talked to them about my financial situation, how precious metals can be part of it. Uh, I trust them. I've gotten to know them. Integrity is a part and a way of doing business for Bishop Gold Group. Uh, and I would recommend that you sit down and talk to them. Whether it's an IRA that you're looking to roll over, uh, a, a diversification of all your accounts, precious metals can be part of that. And when I did it, I got on the phone with them. I explained my situation, what I'm looking to do. And they talked about, well, we'll do a little here. We'll do a little here. What's your timeline on this? It was a great conversation. And it was a way for me to think about my financial future and hopefully independence uh, going forward. So I suggest if you want, give them a call 844-984-1616 or go to bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean for a special promotion to start your journey uh, with precious metals to financial freedom. Again, bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean. Talk to them about your circumstances, your needs, and trust me, you won't regret it. I use them. I suggest you do as well. Bishopgoldgroup.com slash Sean. There was a poll that came out, I think at the beginning of the week, and I put this out that, that do you realize 70-something percent of people don't realize that, that that number is in the millions, to your point, that, they're, that they think they see this in bits and pieces, and once they realize how many millions of people, and to your point, it's bigger than your entire state. It's right. bigger than, I think it's like 25 states, right. right? I mean, that people, when you realize how many people are entered illegally, that it's bigger than most states. Right. I don't think people have, a, have comprehended how these numbers, 12,000, 15,000 a day add up. 
Right. And listen, you know who gets really, really mad about this? Legal Joe immigrants. Biden. People that came here matriculated oh. legally. So we have yeah. a big Polish and German population uh, here. And you want to talk to somebody that is steamed. It's the person that came here legally, waited in line, paid a bunch of money, and they stood for years working yeah. their tails off. And they're like, wait a minute. They didn't get a free cell phone. What, a free cell phone and EBT card with like five grand on it. Uh, the cell phone plan. Don't forget about that. So it's it's just not okay. It's it's economically unsustainable. It is a national security risk. It's a humanitarian crisis. The leading cause of death for uh, Americans age eighteen to forty five is fentanyl overdose. Ninety percent of which is coming over the southern border, and we know that from Joe Biden's border patrol. You can go to their website and Google it. Boom, it's there. So we're our citizens are dying. The people that are coming here are coming up and living in the worst conditions possible. The things that they do to the young ladies is just shocking. And it's all very, very well documented. So yeah. what is the point, man, that the primary responsibility of the federal government, if you could distill it down to one thing, it's to protect United States citizens. Yeah. That's Every country though, is to protect their people. This is insane. I mean, and the thing is they do these interviews with these folks and they'll talk yesterday uh, I mean, they're, they're, it's funny how you can get here from India, right? I mean, think about what it takes to get here from India or a lot of these other places. And then you go, and this was because it's, it's part of a plan. They know what they're doing. Um, they could have flown into a port of entry or come into Canada. They get it. The Southern border is wide open. But right. let me ask you this. I know when, when Congress returns, there's a deal that the Senate's trying to work on with tying border security to Ukraine, et cetera. What, what, what's it going to take for you to support something? Well, I'll tell you what, what the Speaker of the House's position is, Mike Johnson. He's been, it's like the Senate thought he was joking. He said he's not giving another nickel to Ukraine unless it's tied directly to securing our own border. Now, my issue is this. I want to see a strategic plan. There is right. no plan. So, I mean, having written strategic military plans while I was in the service, the first thing you do is you start with an end state. What do you want the battle space to look like when the conflict okay. is over? So I've asked this question to every single person and department in the executive branch that even has a tangential touch to this Ukraine issue. Okay, what does victory look like? Is it the all Russians are out of Crimea? And uh, Ukraine gets Sevastopol back, so they have their Black Sea fleet um, base there. Does it mean that all the Russians out of Donetsk and Luhansk, those are the two provinces on the eastern side with the huge uh, ethnic Russian population? Does it mean you've killed a certain amount of Russian soldiers or degraded the Russian military to a certain extent? Does it mean X amount of Ukrainians have died or we've spent so much money? No one can give me an answer. So what they're doing yeah, is- Because they don't have one. They're like, give us $85 billion. So I'm like, for what? Well, so we could fight. Okay, I understand that. Vladimir Putin is a war criminal, 100%. But unless you have an actual plan to apply to the problem set, right? To get I'm to amazed. The how do they, the, the funny part is, how do you come up with the amount of money? I've always found it so interesting. They always come up with the amount of money, but they can't tell you what it's for. Spicer, you nailed it. They're like, I know. They're, they go, uh, we want to have HIMARS. Okay, what are you going to do with it? We're going to get Russians, okay? When are you going to stop getting them? Right. Like, do they, are they moving out of here? But doesn't that, 
See, I the how, why that the thing is, I get that, I and I applaud Johnson for saying this, but I I feel that that's the point is that the simple message always works, right? In politics, simple always wins. Right. If you're explaining, you're losing. Why don't we say you get your money as soon as you put a plan on the table? Because right now, when you see the news reports from the legacy media, it's always Republicans are standing in the way. I would rather say Republicans are waiting for a plan. Right. That's where I'm at, Sean. Because they can't. Vote. They don't know what it is. Sean, I am not voting to send any more money to Ukraine until I see a plan from the executive branch. And but, that's, this, but, but I get it. And that's where our, our message needs to be refined to that, which is give me a plan as opposed to I'm not voting. That's a negative statement. Say, I, I'm excited. I will support you when I get a plan. Put the onus on them. Yes, that's the whole point, Sean. That's where I'm at. So if they can lay this out and it's a reasonable plan with attainable goals that you have how about just like verify. a plan? Right. I mean, well, no. It doesn't not, even have to be. Well. Just give us a plan. Yeah, well, it's terrible. And I'll tell you what, right now, uh, there's a lot of people un- operating under a bunch of false pretenses. So they say oh, yeah. that if Vladimir Putin is not stopped in Ukraine, he's going to go on to the rest of Europe. Okay, listen to me, everybody, right now. Vladimir Putin cannot take over Ukraine by itself. And there is no direct NATO involvement. They're being supplied by members of NATO, but not as NATO. They're, these are individual nations who are supplying military equipment to Ukraine. So does anybody think, for real, just step back off your, you know, off get put aside your Ukrainian flag on your, you know, Twitter handle or your X handle for a second. Just listen to this. If Vladimir Putin cannot take over Ukraine by itself, being supplied by NATO countries, not as NATO, do you really think Vladimir Putin is going to go through Ukraine and then attack Poland, which will immediately activate Article 5 provision of the NATO treaty, which means every single member of NATO is obligated to go all out to destroy Russia? Right. Did anybody yeah. actually just yeah. take a knee, hydrate and go, maybe that doesn't make sense? Because it doesn't. Right. No. No. And that's that's there is a little bit of hysteria because the defense military complex wants its money. Uh, they want to spend this thing. I mean, I get it. This is like, so the, anyway, let me move on. Cause again, I want to tap on two more subjects real quick and uh-huh. we've only got so much time. When we move over to what's going on in Israel as a seal, we, we there's two things that I want you to, to weigh in on. Sure. Number one, um, there's talk about these eight remaining U S hostages that, uh, Hamas still controls. And then secondly, there's this big, complaint from the far left that Israel isn't doing enough to spare innocent lives right. when they're going in and attacking uh, areas in Palestine. Take those one at a time and explain to me as a SEAL, what options are or are not available knowing what we know about Hamas and tunnels and where these guys have them and the disparate communication systems that exist, how feasible it would be to get these hostages? Well, it really depends on the conditions. And I'm going to say some stuff that are going to seem rather harsh and understand that. Um, and I get it. You know, we just lost our daughter three months ago, Sean. And so losing a child is, I can I mean, we can't even describe it, right? It's terrible. But I, I'm going to say these things because they're true. Um, I don't have a tremendous amount of confidence that these hostages are going to come back uh, because of the conditions they've been held in and the savagery that Hamas has shown to exercise against someone that is not part of their belief system. 
Um, however, with that said, the United States of America should be applying the full spectrum of combat power from intelligence to our shooters on the ground, um, everything we could possibly do to get these Americans back. You know why? Because they're Americans. Ask yourself this question, Sean. They say there's eight hostages. What are their names? What What is their gender? How old are they? Where are they from? You don't know the answer to any of these questions because I think the Biden administration, again, is not being truthful with the American public. I don't think so. If you know- well, Is there a reason, you, look, is there a reason that it might, for safety we the, reasons? We, no, no. We knew the name of every single hostage that was held by Iran for 444 days. One of them is Kevin Hermaning, and he's a friend of mine. We knew all their names. And so the Biden administration is not being truthful again. And they're playing politics with American lives again. And that is shameful. All right, guys, let me ask you a question. Are you tired of testosterone boosting products that don't work? I get it. I don't blame you. That's why our sponsor, Nugenics Total T, has an idea for you. Why don't you try it before you buy it? What a great idea. If you text 231-231 and enter the word Spicer, you will get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Uh, it's got testafin in it, which will help you turn back the clock and become that old you, that younger you, the vibrant you that you remember that guy. Well, that's what it'll help you do. Uh, and if it works for you, great, keep going. If it doesn't, you lost nothing. You get a complimentary bottle by texting 231-231, entering keyword Spicer. You're gonna get back that energy that muscle, that drive, that passion that you used to have. And remember, this is the number one doctor-recommended brand and the number one selling testosterone booster product at both GNC and at Walmart. They're on to something, right? People know what's happening here. But because you watch this show, you can get that complimentary bottle by texting 231-231, enter code word SPICEL. And if you do this right now, you get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea uh, as well as the Nugenics Thermo X. Now, this is their newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever. It's got key ingredients to help get rid of that stubborn fat. And you know what I'm talking about. This is New Year's week. We've had been eating a lot of stuff. You need to get to this, right? Uh, so if you do that, you get both of these right now. Uh, this complimentary bottle, text 231-231, enter keyword Spicer. Now, remember, uh, texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is the number one doctor-recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by IQVIA 2022. So, so let me get back to the nut of the question. If you were still in the SEALs and you were given a mission of go rescue or do an assessment, Based on what we know publicly, is it, hey, this is impossible. These guys are being held in tunnels. We don't know where. Um, and, and if we go down there, Hamas has a history of doing X, Y, and Z. I mean, are there any actual realistic rescue type missions Scenarios? that could be put together? There are. Yeah. Uh, there are. And I, I do not know a single United States Navy SEAL, Special Operations Forces guy, uh, you know, MARSOC, Marine, or Green Beret, or any of those cats, I don't know a single one of them that wouldn't go into a tunnel looking for an American citizen, even if there's an 80% chance they were going to die themselves. That's what's unique yeah. about our special operations forces. And you know what? I My gunfighting days are over. 54 now, I broke my back, all this blah, blah, blah stuff, right? But I, I can't think of a single United States Navy SEAL or one of our glorious special operations forces 
soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines that wouldn't go into that town looking for an American. I, I just don't right. know any of them. And if there was one, they should be thrown out of the service immediately. So yeah, are there realistic um, scenarios where we could rescue hostages? Yes, there are. And if the Biden administration is not applying the full spectrum of combat power to do so, they need to just step out of their damn jobs. They don't belong there. Primary function is to protect American citizens. Same thing with the border. And if someone takes an American hostage, if someone has harmed an American hostage, here's the only message the Biden administration has to make. You are a dead man walking and someone else is going to raise your kids. And if you have access to Americans and you're not helping, you just made the list too, Francis. So that's the message that has to be projected around the world by the Biden administration. None of this him and hawing or any of that garbage. You touch an American, you're dead. I don't care where you are or how long it takes. It took 10 years to kill Osama bin Laden. We'll find you and root you out and you are done. That's the message. One, that's, I agree. That's, we should make it very clear. You touch an American, we got you. It's the over. last thing I want to ask you before we go is this. Right. Uh, the National Defense Authorization Act was punted for four months, a four-month extension. A lot of members, including yourself, mm-hmm. had concerns with this, uh, the, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, uh, Section 702. What, what are your specific concerns with it, and do you think they're going to get resolved? I didn't have concerns about it, Sean. I'm flat-out pissed that that got stuck into the NDAA. And they did that on purpose because they know there's a whole bunch of us that, that really understand that that Section 702, that's the, the warrantless wiretapping stuff that they used against President Trump and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, and I, there's two bills that are floating through, one from the Judiciary Committee, one from the Intel Committee. So uh, Jim Jordan and uh, Mike Turner, right? They've got these bills going through that do radical reforms of this, and they need to happen. Um, let's remember, we didn't like punk... We had about six weeks or so where we weren't doing anything because that buffoon Matt Gates blew up the House of Representatives without a plan to rebuild it. So let's never forget that, that Section 702 is extended because Matt Gates had a personal problem with Kevin McCarthy, and that's pathetic. So this 702 absolutely needs to be reformed. There's like 260,000 individual instances where the FBI was using this in an unlawful manner. And here's what I need to see in that 702. The people that are doing that need to go to jail. If you're a member of the federal government and you are exercising these things unlawfully, you need to go to jail. You need to be fined. You should lose your house. And here's the other thing that needs to be in those bills. If you're the person who is watching the person that's supposed to be doing this and they do something and you don't send them to jail, you go to jail yourself. Congressman Derek Van Orden, on that high note, <laughs> thank you for Other joining that, us. The show, I wish you, you know, I get it, man. There's a lot of stuff to well, work no, on. It, I know, no, you break it down well. Thank you. Uh, I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. I know it's a tough time for your family. It My is. condolences and prayers are with you and, and the rest of your family. Uh, thank you for joining us. Well, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, if you can't tell, that is a passionate guy. Uh, but I want to segue into Jim McLaughlin. He is one of President Trump's pollsters to give us a sense of where President Trump is after this Colorado case. Let's welcome in Jim. Jim, good to see you. Obviously, the big news is what does this ruling mean to President Trump, politically speaking, in Colorado? I, I think it 
literally has taken that whole made up issue with the Democrats about being a threat to democracy and a dictator. It's taken it away from them. Um, when you have folks like Robert Kennedy, you know, the, the Kennedy name defines what being a Democrat is, or at least it used to. And then you have liberal legal scholars um, like an Alan Dershowitz or Jonathan Turley saying how horrible this is. Um, it goes to tell you that I think what you ha had happened here was a bunch of partisan activists, unelected judges that literally took away people's right to vote for their preferred candidate. So I think just like we've seen with these other indictments, the American people are seeing through this, and I think it's going to backfire on the Democrats. So it's interesting. Um, it, it's obviously been that the case on these other four indictments that he's gotten politically stronger. I've asked this to several people, so I'll ask you, but like, I don't understand if you're a Democrat, you saw the California Lieutenant Governor come out and push to have their Secretary of State remove Trump um, in a letter overnight. They're clearly think this benefits them. And then Trump's, I mean, excuse me, Biden's campaign is trying to portray Trump as Hitler and putting out imagery in that fashion. They, they think this is a winning issue. My question is just from a pol from a polling standpoint, what group do you think they're trying to persuade? I mean, my view is you got everyone who's with Trump, right? No, nothing. This isn't changing their mind. No one's waking up today after eight years or whatever of Trump since 2015 and saying, you know, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. No <laughs> one on the Democratic side is walking away. Who do, are they just saying, hey, we've got this small swath of people that we really think we're doing. But I mean, from your perspective, in, in terms of a group of people that they're trying to persuade one way or the other or whatever, who is it? Yep. And, and look, I think there's two things going on here. I think one, they're desperate. They know they're losing. And look, they're literally trying to get their chief political opponent and forget all the polls and there's all these polls now out there and it's been going on basically for about the last two months where donald trump is beating joe biden in the general election and beating joe biden in the uh battleground states so they're literally trying to get him thrown off the ballot you notice it's a place like colorado now donald trump doesn't have to win colorado but it goes to show you how he's on offense right now that they actually took it upon themselves. And I also think the other problem is the Democrats, they're nuts. The Democrats are nuts. They have literally, they have Trump derangement syndrome right now. And all the wacko leftists that they talk to think this is a really good idea. But the American people don't think this is a good idea. And the vast majority of Americans, it's it's not like a bare majority. It's a clear majority because you have 70 percent of Americans say that the indictments against Donald Trump are politically motivated. You have 60 percent that say that Joe Biden is behind these indictments. So what that's telling you, there's a lot of even Joe Biden voters that are telling you they don't like what's going on. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of a, a tidbit here too, as you know, because Sean, I miss you in the political campaigns and you're a political hack, just like I am. We definitely <laughs> miss you. I know you've gone on to bigger and better things now, ah, but you've got 22.5% of the population of Colorado is Hispanic. And we've heard it from time and time again. Hispanic voters are the most upset 
about these indictments, because what they will tell you is this is the kind of corrupt campaign tactics that they see from the authoritarian Marxist dictators they left, like the Castros, Maduro, Ortega, etc. They don't like this kind of stuff that's going on because this is what they do in these third world banana republics. They put their political opponents in jail. At the end of the day, the American people just, they should be the ones deciding who the next president of the United States is going to be. Not a bunch of uh, unelected radical judges. In the last four indictments, we've seen bumps in polls for Trump made him stronger, especially in the primary. And to your point, definitely in the battleground states that are needed to get to, to 270. Or do you expect to see another bump? And again, let me get back to my demographic. Where Where is that demographic? Who is at play right now? Who are they going after? And, and who do you think a bump could come from, right? I mean, like I said, I don't think the hardcore Trump supporter, they're staying with them probably after this, um, the the hardcore Biden supporter. But so do you expect a bump? And is that just a that sweet spot of independence that everyone's trying to persuade right now? And look, Sean, you know, how important momentum is in political campaigns. And look, it was not that long ago, you had people saying that Donald Trump was vulnerable, et cetera, and he's gone, done nothing but gone up in the polls, both in the primary and the general election right now. And he's the one that has the momentum. So we had the momentum even before then. And one of the things that we're seeing in a lot of these Republican primary polls, caucus polls, those all important voter segments that are most important uh, in a Republican primary, conservatives, born again evangelicals, pro-life voters, high intensity, high propensity voters. Donald Trump does significantly better among those voters right now. So we're seeing him gain the momentum there. And look, I think the reason they're doing this, they know that all these, the, the, the corruption that's going on with uh, Joe Biden and his family, the stories get nothing but worse and worse. Now we're saying, now we're seeing that he wasn't doing this just when he was the vice president of the United States. He was doing this when he was a U.S. senator. The FBI has him on tape, has his brother James talking about getting payments, you know, getting quid pro quos out there. So I think they know all these corruption and all the scandals that the Biden family has been engulfed with. So I think they're literally trying to muddy up the waters right now and hope they're hoping maybe they get lucky. One of these crazy judges, you know, and they're able to get them off this ballot in a state that actually matters. But again, I think it's going to backfire on them when it's all said and done. And, and thankfully, we've had some honest liberals come out and say this is wrong, too. So I know one of the things that the, the Democrats and the media will say is that if Trump is convicted, there are enough there's a, enough of a percentage of his base that would walk away from him, right? So the 20, 25% that said a conviction um, would deter a lot of Republican voters because they would seemingly think that he wouldn't be able to assume office. I get that's a tactic of the left, which is to try to sow um, concern among Republican voters. In your data, do you see that? No. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, one of the things in the general election, and nobody does better at turning out right of center voters, Republicans, and even right of center leaving independents than Donald Trump. 
And what we're seeing among these folks is they're more likely to come out and vote. And they're telling us that in these surveys because of what they're doing to Donald Trump. Because one of the reasons, I always tell people there's three reasons why Donald Trump is as popular as one, his record worked. He had success, whether it was on the economy, war and peace. You know, people thought he did a good job on crime. And the issue even a lot of swing voters use where he had success was on immigration. I say the second reason is nobody does a better job and has a connection with fighting for that forgotten middle class than Donald Trump. Remember, the Democrats in the media would try to make fun of uh, Donald Trump and attack him because his his base was less, quote unquote, had less formal education. But these are the folks that were the backbone of the country, of, of the country. They're working right. really hard and Washington's making their lives more difficult. Those are going to be the people that turn out. And you know what else a lot of people don't give him credit for? Think about it. When he was on the ballot in 2016, we picked up seats in the House. When he's on the ballot in 2020, we picked up seats of house in, in the House again. Why? Because he's turning out our voters and he's going to do it again. And the more they do this, the more they're firing up his That's base. Right. Yeah. I want to ask you, Iowa to me is where everything comes down to. Donald Trump can basically end this race in the primary uh, for if he secures a big win in Iowa and then a big win in New Hampshire. I just, everybody who is a major candidate, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, has staked their claim into one of those two states. Here's my concern with Iowa that I just want you to respond to. Right now, they're saying that, like, let's say Trump's at like 50-ish plus, and then you've got DeSantis and Haley, 1916, somewhere in there. So by the polls right now, the expectation is Donald Trump will win big, 30 points, whatever. I believe that there's an attempt to maybe minimize his win. If he only wins by 10, then it's, oh, look, he won, but it's not by what he thought he would. His, his, his support is, quote, soft. Yeah. Do you do you what do you think about that tactic? Because I think he he'll still win Iowa, right? But if he only wins by ten points or fifteen, then the media and the left are going to say, "See, he's vulnerable because yeah. he only won by 15. We've seen this not just in the media, but we've seen it from his opponents. You know, we we've heard about the the Haley surge. Well. Nikki Haley, for the most part, in a lot of these polls, she's in the low teens, maybe middle digits. Um, there's been a couple bad polls that have come out of New Hampshire. When I say why I'm calling them bad polls, they're oversampling independents. Like some of those samples. Can vote, though. Yeah, they can vote. No question about it. But less than half of the sample in those surveys are Republicans. OK, <laughs> and the reason why that you look at the exit polls from the past. Really, we've never had more than a third of the Republican primary voters in in New Hampshire be independents, be unaffiliated voters. So they're not doing the quality control that needs to be done. And when you look at time and time again in these polls, um, not only is Donald Trump doing well in um, in places like Iowa, places like um, New Hampshire, but when you look specifically at people that are telling you that they're Republicans, that people we know off of voter lists are Republicans, his numbers go up to around 60% yeah. plus. Even in the places where, you know, these outside groups, these special interest groups, and DeSantis and Haley have spent tens of millions of, of dollars attacking Donald Trump. Okay. Jim, um, 
Thank you. I mean, this is huge. I, I, I really wanted to get your take on how the Colorado case would, would uh, affect him. And it's, I, I'm glad you explained it the way you did, because I think for a lot of people, there's this concern and, and you broke it down perfectly. I appreciate you being with us. I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. And I look forward to seeing you back here in 2024. Merry I was going to get you some great poll numbers, by the way. That's what I want. I want you to come back under the tree, some really high poll numbers to bring to back to us. That's what they've all been doing. And I, I got to tell you, I wish the election was tomorrow because <laughs> things are things are looking really good for President Trump right now. Like I said, he's got the momentum. All right, Jim, thanks for being with us. God bless. Merry Christmas, Sean. You bet. All right. Well, that reassured me as far as the Trump polling is concerned. Thanks to Jim. Tomorrow, though, an absolutely phenomenal show with Brandon Straka. He just won a massive civil judgment regarding January 6th. And he's going to tell us about his criminal charges regarding January 6th, plus his big move from being a huge liberal to now a staunch conservative. What brought him over? What issues mattered? How is that happening? What does he think of the current movement? So great show for you to end the week tomorrow. Please continue to subscribe. Hit that notification button. Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, you name it all. Thanks for being with us. We're going to have a great show for you tomorrow. We'll see you back here on The Sean Spicer Show.